Ready to defeat Oros, yeah. With another story from creepypasta.com. Master, Mr. Smiley, written by T-R-I-E, Tree. Looking back now, all I could see in his damn face. He looks at me as I close my eyes. I see the dripping of the black liquid as it falls from his eternally smiling mouth. His teeth are small and sharp, and sits in rows like sharks do. I'm not sure why, but he's letting, letting me live. Not again. I cannot let it happen again. I can will tell you now how I first met the entity I call Mr. Smiley. Although it's almost be, might be better just to refer to the creature as it, seeing as it's the only thing that stays constant about it. It's, it is it is a smile. I was just playing a harmless game of hide and seek with some kids from the neighborhood when so everything happened. We decided it would be fun to play in the game in the woods as there were more places to hide. More woods in the area where I lived were various paths for logging and mining. So getting lost is almost impossible. I was just about everywhere. There were pathways that led back to the main roads. We are not that worried about hiding, neither the, the trees, the bushes, the mounds or leaves, and the small caves in the underpass made excellent places to hide. We began with a few simple rules that made the game difficult and hardly more fun. The first rule we made was that, because a few of us were not very strong in terms of how far our voice could carry over long distances, the flu and cold season and upon us, a few of us had sore throats, namely Jimmy, Ricky, Sarah and Timothy. Although we were stumped at how to make noise sounds to signal, we were ready. We heard the falling of a tree, not uncommon, as the air was under logging certain parts. Only as we heard it, a thought came to our mind. We could use wood knocking to signal if we were ready, one knock for not ready, and two for ready. This was a relatively simple rule. Vecker rules said that we were not to go out on the range in which the knocking could be heard. This took a while to figure out in a circle how far could we go. The third rule, which was also the final one, went without saying in hide and seek. No one could hide to help the seeker find the others. So in the beginning I lost a rock paper scissors. And most times, and eleven other kids go out and got to hide. As tradition in all games of hide and seek that we play, I wait until everyone knocked twice with their sticks. Right at that moment, I should have noticed it, but paid no heed because I thought every, every, someone was being a smartass. Number of knocks I heard was not twenty-four; it was twenty-six, meaning it's someone had knocked four times, or so my fault. As I began my search, I found most of the others within an hour were looking. Jimmy was in the pile of leaves and jumped when he saw a spider, allowing me to find him easily. Sarah let go of the branch she was using to balance in a tree and fell to the ground with a spud, alerting me to where she was. Roger was stuck and trying, crying in a small cave. It took a whole minutes, whole five minutes to, for me to pull him out. As for Timothy, he tried hiding in a bulletproof bush, which made him as an easy one, due to the cuts and falls still 
looked up to him. He was quite, he was quickly able to round up Gary, Ginger, Mike, and Michael, Raquel, and Josh because they were in the same cave, just be, between different portions of it. John and Richard were in no trouble because they were fighting in the ideal hiding spot. Oh, the ideal hiding spot in the old cabin. The last one was Kevin. He was the hardest of all to find. Find it all. Oh, oh, oh. I wished that he had chosen a better hiding spot. We found Kevin. Then he began to grow dark. We were huddled in the closet of the cabin. We all huddled in the closet of the cabin, repeating the chair. He's just smiling. We thought he was trying to play a prank on us. He was the last one we found. But when Sarah screamed at the window of the house, there was a tree that was old because of two distinct features. One was the fact it was a different colour than the other trees. The bark was almost black with green here and there. The second was in the centre of the tree. There was a mouth and curled in a smile. As the mouth opened up, we saw a row of teeth, sharp teeth that began to grow larger and and longer as it, it kept its mouth open, as if it were a living thing. We shut the door to the cabin and began to watch the thing. As it grew darker outside the cabin, its smile grew wider and larger, began to draw a black liquid. I had no idea of knowing what. It was about what got there at the window. At the time, I knew if we left the cabin, I, if, I, if I got, it could get us. I did not sleep a wink. The next morning we took a roll call and realised that our parents would be longing, looking for us by now. Somehow it knew and smiled and vanished, but none of us could leave the cabin as it would merely be waiting. As the drain, drain dragged on, we searched a small four-room cabin to find why it was not even to come in. We found nothing, but as the day progressed, the creature did not return. Around dusk, Sarah's mum was the first parent to come looking for us. We stepped nervously outside the cabin and started to walk home. Sarah ran to her mum and hugged her. As we all started to emerge from the cabin, Kevin huddled into the corner of the closet once again. He said, Hi, Mr. Smiley is here. I asked what he meant, as a tree was nowhere to be seen. Just as Kevin was about to answer, I heard a scream. I saw what caused it. A hugging daughter and mother were not the, the scene from some children's fairy tale anymore. Sarah was pale white as he looked at her mother's face. I only see the burning smile of black fluid dripping down her from the thing that had taken the image of her mother. Silly thing, did you not wonder why I left for the day? It said and then lifted it up Sarah again to wind its mouth, much like a snake was would to swallow its whole prey whole. Sarah wiggled like a cool fish, screaming and crying for it, dropped for it to drop her. Timothy tackled the creature and let it, it let go of Sarah. She ran back into the cabin. As Timothy got back up, the thing no longer wore the skies of Sarah's mother. He said it was a bear. He probably charged Timothy. All the while it kept the burning grin on its face. Well, we all watched as the creature dragged Timothy's bloodied body away and we could hear the crunching and slurping of the creature as he was drawing his meal. Aren't you wondering why I'm doing this? asked the creature as he was chewing up Timothy outside the window as easily as a dog chews a bone. 
I ain't been oh so hungry for a while now, but I was trapped, trapped much like you are now with that house. It trailed off after we searched the house again and found nothing, but then I remembered Kevin had given it a name. I searched Kevin and asked why he gave it that name. Kevin responded with an old story his grandfather told him about. It detailed an old carbiner and a creature, how the carbiner tricked the creature with a promise to feed it. It stayed somewhere instead. The old miner locked the creature in a place with, with some kind of wood. There was nothing in the cabin to make me think the story had anything to do with the thing currently talking us. Next morning we felt hungry and thirsty. As the creature looked through the window, heard us complain and offered us a deal. He said if we sacrificed one of us to, of, of us to it, it would give us a chance to run for the day. Then, then as we think about it, the creature reached in and grabbed Ricky and Ginger, pulling them out through the window. It laughed in enjoyment as it munched down. The two screaming kids, we stood out in horror. We had thought it would not get in. Well, I'm the one to keep my promise. As you may leave, but if any of you set foot in these woods again, I will have a snack. It smiled and disappeared. Years passed without anyone going back into the woods. Authorities and news sources brought, wrote the attacks off as bear attacks and shot the animals supposedly responsible. The teenagers, we forgot about the creature as a figment of our imagination. Our parents convinced us a way of coping with a bear attack was to forget it ever actually happened. Kevin eventually was dead to go back into the woods a week later. His bones and little else was left of him was found near the cabin. We all got back together, all eight of us, by Kevin's, by Kevin's funeral. John Richard convinced Michael to join in the hunt for the thing that did, it, uh, did um, what it did over the summer. That summer, all three went missing. Nobodies were found. The area was sealed off after the message read out. The cabin was all was found. I told you I am here, and yet you forget. Jimmy began to see a smile everywhere. He went after watching the woods. After the three disappeared, he said he would stop. Couldn't it would not stop smiling? A week later, he died in bed with a large circle carved out of his body, where his chest had been should have been where his chest should have been. This time, there was no way he could have been written off as a bear attack. Sarah and Carrie were the next victim. They were strung up like dolls in their houses with large mouths, with their ear, with their, were ear to ear carved in their faces, and testings dangling from them like climbing or jumping ropes. I realized then that only I and Josh were left. I met with him to discuss what he remembered about the creature. He said he could no, no do mean no one better. He showed me a photo of the woods. As I looked at the trees, were odd and distorted. In the center was a large smile. A rose of teeth of black fluid leaking from them. Then I, when I put the photo down, I looked at Josh. It was then I realised that the thing in front of me was not Josh. I also began to call. Uh, so I, I began to call anything to do with Josh. My head began to hurt. I suddenly wondered why he responded with an answer. It's been a prize that day, Josh, as I knew him. I never resisted that it used him as a way of signalling him. He was supposed to leave the rest of 
cigarette. We'd arrested you, but we're stuck in a house because the other thing was out there. I thought back. The thing was never, never near Josh, like it was afraid or anything. Josh just smiled and said there was things better left unanswered. Now as I write this, I looked out of my window and noticed the trees moving closer. Although I'm not scared of it, I am now more worried about the thing in the reflection of the mirror as it moves closer. Hi, Josh. It smiled and the teeth were not sharp. That, like that of a shark, I said they looked like repeating snake fangs, dripping green. The mirror shows its true face, that of Robin Coons, covered in worms and tattooed, tattooed, tattooed clothing of something long dead. As it begins to come closer, I notice the thing at the window is smiling.